Is that an action figure in the, in the background right there? Me or Hank? To you. <laughs> oh, this? <laughs> I mean, That's I'm not good. judging, man. I got hey, I got five-year-old twins. I got stuff all over the place. I don't, don't know. Java, man. That's Legos cool. on the desk. Hello, everybody. Welcome to my blow up table. Uh, Brian Bentley from Dallas, uh, Hank Alexander in Boston, and our buddy Eli joining us from What's L.A. <laughs> what the hell is that, man? Is that the sign of the goat? <laughs> oh, no, that's L.A., man. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you know, right here. <laughs> I'm, I'm down. Sure. Yeah. What's up, Hank? How are you, Brian? I'm good, good, sir. How are you? Man. You got we, your, we've been... uh... Guys, that if you've uh, followed the show, um, you, you know we love Eli. He's, he's good people. We have him on. We've known him from our around the league days. Um, and uh, there's Mark. Hey, Mark, 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 just joined us. Mark, we got Eli on. <laughs> uh, Eli is a diehard, diehard, and I have it here up here. Diehard supporter of uh, Chivas. And he is part Eli, of the Black you got your speakers Coast. on or something? And let's, let's give him some love. Here you go, Eli. Kind of oh, nice, nice man. Check out that demon goat. Oh, and a scarf. There it is. The scarf is, is buried under some other scarves. But we've been talking to Eli off and on, and all the stuff that's been happening to Chivas in the postseason. And we're like, you got to come on. You got to tell us what are we going to be able to expect? How how bad is it going to be? We're hearing reports that the the cellist is only doing press in Spanish. Uh, he only wants Spanish players. You got to do it. And we. Went back and forth. We tried to figure it out, and I thought, well, the team is playing really well, and that's probably a good time to actually talk about the team and not about the is it degentrification? Would that be the right word? Man, I don't know what to call it, man. Like, let's, let's go back. Let's go back just a let's go back just a little bit. Preseason, though, were you kind of scared about all the crap that was going on? Yeah, we were scared, man. Like real scared. Like I'm still scared, man. Have you seen our defense? I mean, yeah. To, to be honest, man, th this whole franchise and I love it. I don't. I mean, it's been kind of like one of those families on Game of Thrones, like people just backstabbing each other, and like there's dragons. It's just like that, and there's dragons, <laughs> and like it's all jacked up, man. Like we don't know who's got loyalty with who. And they got rid of the youth director, uh, you know, so... Yeah, you make a good Sansa yourself, I think. <laughs> you <know>, perfect. <laughs> so when Chelise awesome. came on, <laughs> when Chelise came on, man, it, you know, it just kind of gathered everybody around the wagons, and we're like, well, I don't know what the hell's going to go, but what's going to go on, but we're just going to, we're just going to just lead this, uh, lead by example and, and, and follow Chelise, and I mean, come on, man, a three-five-two, that's crazy. That's just psychotic, man. And, but it's working, and we haven't been beaten four games, so figure that out. You know, yeah. like, you know, I don't know what's going on right there, but you know, it's 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 just great to see. It's great to see us, you know, up at the top of the table or close to the top of the table in the Western Conference, whatever. But you know, I, I'm excited, man, and I, I just hope we can just follow up for the rest of the season. Hey, how I mean, much they, do you, how much do you care that you have a English, you know, an American keeper and American forwards and Tristan Bowen and Juan Agudelo leading the team, but you've got three guys in from Chiefs. I mean, do you really care? Do you support the team? Or are you like, I, I want the Mexican movement, or I, we've got to have some Americans, or just play the 
freaking game. I just play the freaking game, man. I mean, you could have a whole bunch of dwarves on this team. I don't care. We could beat the Galaxy. If we could, if we could do a little bit of action on the U.S. Open Club. I mean, I don't care, man. You get a one-legged guy on the team. I don't care, man. If he can score, he can score. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? And Vergara um, is not the typical MLS owner. He's not the typical owner in any league. So. You know, he says one thing, does another, or in this case, doesn't do anything. And, you know, Chivas USA, until further notice, is the, the bastard ch stepchild of, of Jorge Vergara, and we're at the mercy. So, hey, man, whatever it takes to win, I, I'm, I'm confident in our coach, and we'll just take it from there. At what point do they have a, a, a life-size poster of him in a bikini a la Major League? <laughs> <laughs> Peel off a little strip here and there. Yeah. Let me call marketing real quick. <laughs> uh, hey, man, whatever it takes, man. I mean, you know, like, uh, we've, we've never had great attendance. We've had pretty good attendance. We've had somewhat decent attendance at some point. But, you know, at this point, we can't control that. As fans and supporters, we just got to show our love for this team and, you know, hope for the best in every game. But before last year, you guys had pretty decent attendance. Before, up until the beginning of last season, you guys had pretty decent attendance. Yeah, a lot, a lot of that too, man. I mean, I, I'm a Chivas USA fan, I'm, and I'm going to be honest, man. I mean, a lot of that was, you know, uh, corporate packages. A lot of that was like, right, you know, right. Spanish sports talk radio ticket giveaways. I mean, I'm right, not going right. to lie, and, and we we filled, you know, pretty much of the most of the bowl, the lower bowl of the Home Depot Center. So we we were getting like, you know. 13, 14, 15,000, you know, for, for some games, you know, 16, 17 for like a, a bigger higher end game. But yeah, we did, everything just fell off the rail, fell off the rails the last couple of seasons. So, you know, man. Right. Now, the biggest, the biggest question I have for you about attendance is, you know, a lot of teams are struggling this year. The Galaxy is struggling attendance wise. A lot of teams are, but what we don't see on TV are the West side stands. How are those looking? The are they as empty as the East side? Um, it's pretty empty all the way around, bro. I mean, okay. I, I, yeah, you know, I think, I think, uh, I think you see more people at a Yo Gabba Gabba concert, you know, at, at LA Live. Whoa, okay, I mean, let's don't let's don't start with that. I know, man. There's a there's a party in my tummy right now, but um, <laughs> my I, just just fish. I just had some fish, man. No, um, it, it's pretty empty all the way around, and <laughs> you guys are laughing. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm laying on my stomach for a reason, bro. I mean, I don't, you know. Uh, but anyways, man, uh, we 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 have a, the the southern part of the Home Depot Center gets pretty filled because that's where you have both supporters groups. Right. Um, right. The corner ends, um, okay, but like as far as east west, not much, man. I mean, it, it's pretty it's pretty vacant all the way around. All right. But now how how is the new regime responding to you guys as supporters groups? Are they showing you guys some love? Are they, you know, in, being inclusive with you guys or are they still kind of standoffish? No, so I, was, I mean they they're doing a lot better job. I feel like they they understand that, you know, you have two supporter groups, one that supports anything and everything Chivas and then the other supporters group supports anything and everything Chivas USA and Chivas USA only and and you look at what's going on in Seattle, Portland, and and even Kansas City, and you know Montreal, and, and of course LA, and some you know, uh, 
everything really starts with the supporters, man. I mean, and and we're at a pretty good point if you look at it, you know, optimistically. Like, if they just in, invest more in like trying to market it and build that up, I mean, we we could we could do a lot better than what we're at right now. But we just got a TV deal. I mean, we're barely on the radio. I mean, we're not doing much overall. But as far as like the interaction between the the ownership. Uh, the front office and the supporters. I, I, I mean, it, it's it's pretty good, all things considered. So well, let's get let's give you a plug for your podcast because let's that that I'm not, not I'm being totally serious because that really nails home the point between what you're making, like the communication between the front office and the supporters group because you got everybody in your show. Give us a quick plug. Go ahead. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, my my buddy uh, Ivan and I we started uh, what the what the flock uh, a year ago because. I mean, there's we are, and, and it hurts me to say this, but we are the most irrelevant team in the MLS. Nobody covers us. Nobody I loves think us. Well, <laughs> okay, maybe the second most irrelevant. <laughs> but no, in, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, I mean, in LA, you got all kinds of action going on, and 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 you know, nobody wants to come to these games, and and we're trying to do the best that we can to to, to give the fans a voice. And, you know, that's why we started What the Flock Pod. We, we do our podcast, like, every week. Um, we'd like to do it a lot more, but, uh, you know, my partner just got himself a girlfriend, so he's going through a little bit of 40-year-old version, you know, kind of action going on there. He's, he's He's been riding the pine for a while, so now he's back in the game. And, you know, nice. hopefully we'll keep the podcast going back up again. But, uh, it's not the kind of plug I was looking for, John. <laughs> Yeah, tell us what's going on with your uh, your man Agadello. Is he uh, seriously injured? Is it a hamstring? What's going on there? Yeah, Hank that's is jumping right to the fantasy question. portion of our show. Yeah, that's the important part. Let's go. <laughs> okay, Agadello, what's up? Uh, okay, uh, I know he had it examined today. Uh, nothing's official yet. I mean, he did make it out of the locker room to cheer the team on in the second half. So, I mean, I think if if he was. Uh, if he was in a lot worse shape, he, he definitely would have uh, been uh, evaluated a lot more intensely last night. Oh, excuse me, the other night uh, after the game. But um, we're hoping that it's only like a two to three week thing. But you know, he's had problems with his hamstrings before, yes. and you know, yes. we don't know, man. I mean, he, he he's by far you know stood out from all our strikers. And... Well, get that guy some goat placenta or something. You know, get rub that shit down. <laughs> Me Mexican medicine, man. You know yeah, Mexican seriously. medicine. You know how they isn't that, isn't that kind of one of the food carts after the game? <laughs> it's, it's the food truck out back. I'm sure you can get some goat placenta. Yeah, no, man. Go goat placenta, any kind of placenta, man. I mean, whatever it takes, bro. We we'll get my grandma and my great grandma come out there and you know do a little rubdown on his hamstring. I don't care, man. Whatever works. Well, I'm jealous. Agodella subbed out in the 32nd minute this weekend with a hamstring injury. Yeah, that's uh, great. So who, who picks up the slack, Tristan Bowen? Uh, Tristan Bowen, who started, and uh, I'd like to see uh, Jose Correa, the Colombian kid, step yeah. up. Yeah. Um, we we uh, we messed around and uh, also put in uh, Carlos Alvarez, like in a Steven Gerrard kind of role, just hanging back behind the two strikers. How great and is then, that? How great is that? Yeah, and then we don't know what's going on with Miller Bolaños, but he he's another guy that's like he's our number ten, and he he's a, he's a flashy guy. So between those those three guys, uh, I I mean I de I definitely think you know they're they're gonna have to step it up, and and that's why you're gonna see a little bit more of like midfielders going long range too. And Chivas the first team to score ten goals in the league so far. So yeah, 
Go figure. <laughs> so, I'm living the dream, man. There were there were three guys that were brought up from uh, the main Chivas. I shouldn't say that. From, from Chivas Guadalajara. The other Chivas. Right, the other Chivas. And I read that they have the option to outright sign them. You need some earphones, John. Uh, yeah, that's that's true. I, I don't know if it's going to happen. I'd like to think it's going to happen, but I'm not sure if it's going to happen. Right now, they're just on loan. Um, I'm hoping that all changes. Uh, to be quite honest, I'm a little bit pleasantly surprised because, you know, when you think of Mexican players coming over to the MLS, you know, especially guys that aren't very physical or very fast or, you know, just not the typical, prototypical MLS type player. I mean, these guys have busted in seamlessly into the lineup, and, and they're a big reason why, you know, and we're talking some quality guys, you know, Chore Mejia is a, is, is a great defensive midfielder and, you know, he just didn't catch some breaks playing in Guadalajara and now he's over here. Uh, Giovanni Casillas is a kid who won the uh, the under-20 World Cup playing for the Mexican national team and he's got some quality to him and, and uh, I, I just hope that, uh, you know, they they do stay at least for the rest of the season and, and, and we do sign I think Mejia has been a great, pleasant surprise because the offense runs through him. Even though he's a, he's a more of a defensive midfielder, he's kind of running the point guard there. Yeah, I mean, once you get beyond the uh, cauliflower ears, man, I mean, he's he's solid, you know, and uh, he, he he's not a walking yellow card like Oswaldo Minda. God bless Oswaldo Minda, but you know. <clears throat> He he he's a little bit more technical, you know. He's he's not the yeah. he's not as fierce and furious as a uh, as Minda, but uh, yeah, he's got a he's got a nice touch. And Eric Avila, former FC Dallas, FC Toronto, or Toronto FC, FC journeyman, yeah. really kind of finding his role there. Uh, you know, look at the game against Chicago where they just manhandled them. Uh, he could have had a goal if he makes a better decision on that that two on one breakaway towards the end. But he's really been a very nice, surprising pickup, I think. Yeah, no, that volley that he had against Joe Cannon the other day, man, was just phenomenal. And um, yeah, he's just another guy that just came out of the cold and like, hey, man, you know, come come back home. He's originally from San Diego, uh, went to school at uh, UC Santa Barbara. So you know, he's pretty much playing in Southern California with his family and friends, watching him. And you know, he's in a comfortable place. You know, he 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 plays. He plays the the, the, the wide uh, mid and and he's he's all over the map and he's got a nice touch man he's got a really really nice touch and and I mean I I, I didn't know what to expect when we got him but you know losing Nick Nick Nebraca, um who had a great season a couple of years ago and you know he just kind of fell off the the face of the earth the last couple of seasons traded for him and I'm like well let's just hope this Avila guy comes through so he has real happy and Nick. Baca was a fairly hot trade commodity two or three seasons ago. Yeah. Who's that? Hey What's there, that? man. What's up? Say hi to my friends. Hey. Hey, All buddy. Right. <laughs> He's out of control. Um, yeah, I, I guess so, man. But, uh, you know, you got to make these trades, and uh, you got to shuffle the deck after the last couple of seasons, and it just didn't work out for us, man. I mean, Robin Fraser couldn't put it together, and, I know he gave it his best shot, but, you know, it's all falling under place with Chelis, man. Mind game. And, and I read one of the quotes from after the game this week, and he said that he mismanaged his bench and didn't have enough strikers, and he thought he did a horrible job. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? He's pretty hard on himself, but he's also a trippy guy. He plays, like, these mind games and with the press, and he, he says wacky stuff like that all the time, you know. 
Um, he, <laughs> do you mind? <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Probably the most entertaining part of this whole show. He's cool. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> this, is, this is my son Diego, also known as Little Elac. Say hi. Elacito. Yeah. <laughs> or or Cheetos. Hey, Cheetos. Yeah, so, Ch- Chelise is bound to say crazy stuff like that all the time. I would take it with a grain of salt. Right. Now, hey, John, let's, let's talk about that Chicago game. You guys had a massive offensive explosion. Yeah. The other three uh, wins, aside from that, have been more – or two wins and a tie, two wins and a draw. Um, more – Capitalizing on mistakes from the other team, I'm I'm kind of seeing that as the heavier portion of the offense so far, which is great because you guys are scoring and you're still going to win that way. But aside from that Chicago game, are you a little bit um, concerned about the offense and what it can or can't do? Well, well you know what, bro? That's a great question. Uh, I, I, my my boy Glyco, he asked Chelise during the preseason, like, "Hey, man, this three-five-two, three-man backline." Uh, and and you know, can you explain that how you expect to be successful? And he just told him point blank, he's like, well, Chelis thinks like everybody should play offense. I'm sorry, defense. So it's really eleven guys according to the way he sees things. And just like just like the the L.A. Lakers of the '80s, man, everything starts with like this pressure defense, and then you run the fast break. So it's kind of it's kind of like a counterattack disguised as like attack attacking soccer, but. Um, you 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 have five midfielders just clogging up lanes, so it just frustrates the other team. And you have guys playing out wide, just running like crazy. So it it looks kind of sexy when you see the 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 play up into the the final third of the of, of the pitch. But to to be honest with you, man, um, we have the midfielders now. Um, we have the the cohesiveness that we didn't have in in, in the last couple of seasons. And and you're seeing guys like like you mentioned earlier, man. Tra- uh, uh, Tristan Bowen just kind of, you know, stepping into this kind of style where it's kind of possessive, possession-based, but it's also kind of counter-attack soccer. I mean, I, I, I'd i love to watch it, but I don't know if it's sustainable for the rest of the season. I hope I answered right. your question. No, no, it's great. It's wonderful. So you think there might be a conditioning wall the players may hit at some point? You know what? Chelis said something funny the other night, too, once again. Uh he he said the only the only way teams are gonna beat us is if they outrun us, and right now nobody's outrunning us. Uh, if they can't score on us, we're just gonna keep running, and we're good for at least one point. So, you know, conditioning is a big deal. You know, I know they do a lot of uh, uh, two a days, and and you know they they got that Mexican medicine thing going on. So I mean, it's, it's, yeah, something, something. So Some, you know, man, what, a little whatever, bit of DMSO off the freeway. Well, hey man, whatever it is, man, whatever it is that Chelis is selling to these guys, they're buying into it. They didn't you know, into it with, that brings up that Could they be similar in that respect to the Dynamo, where Dom Kinnear has these guys playing way above their level, and inevitably in the important games they crash? Do you think that's a possibility as well? But they always yeah. get to those important games. Yeah, see, that's True. the thing, bro. I mean, I would, I wouldn't want to compare myself to Hughes. But that is a good point. You know, Houston also had, you yeah. know, a pretty good cohesive unit coming from San Jose before they became Houston. And then you, you had guys like Brian Ching and Mullen, and you, you know, I mean, there was some there was some bad dudes on that team. And and once again, they all bought into it 
uh, Kinnear was doing, and now it's kind of you're seeing similarities with with El Chelis. You know, I, I don't know what's gonna happen this next game, man. But they're all they're all on the same page, and and that's something that I haven't seen since Preki was the coach. There, I said it, Preki. <laughs> Who? <laughs> Hey, John mentioned that they talked to, to Chellis. Don't sell yourself short. They had him as a guest on their podcast. They, the, the previous GM before he was fired was on their podcast a lot. So don't sell yourself short. Make sure you guys check it out. It's What the Flock Pod. Uh, very funny stuff. you got to throw that out there, John. you got, you got to pimp it a little bit more. We don't take ourselves serious, man. I mean, come on. Think about all the other Chivas USA podcasts. Oh, yeah, there aren't any. So, you know, man. <laughs> We talk a lot of junk. We run our, we run smack. I mean, that's just the way it's got to be because, you know, I don't. I'm not gonna tell you. I I, I know all this about uh, soccer and formations and. Hello. Look at the other three idiots down on the bottom of you. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, man, we just try to have fun. That's all. Well, right we're, we're glad we're glad that you you could you could join us tonight. Um, you want to stay and hang out? Sure. Okay. Good. Cool. Hey, cool. Uh, Hank. Yo, you guys lost this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> That's my stuff. Yeah. yeah, we did. To my guys. team. Yeah, we suck. <laughs> What's going on, Hank? Hey, well, hold, hold on. Lee Wynn had a great save on the on a, a ball that was right yeah. on the goal line. Actually, we did not play a terrible game. It just we are totally inept in our attack right now. There's nothing going on. But they didn't have a shot until like the forty-third minute. Well, it's, but that's an improvement over the week before. John, you need some earphones. Yeah. yeah. Do you have headphones, John? Yeah. Let Perhaps. me run out and get them on. Thank oh, man. You. Okay. Uh, yeah. So back to the revs. I mean, I think it was like the thirty-something minute when we scored. It was literally about forty minutes sooner. Hold on. I'm putting even money. Eli Quito runs back in. Okay, Cheeto. Where are you, man? <laughs> Sorry, but didn't you get you didn't have a shot to like the forty third minute of the game, right? It was uh, like that. I think it was mid thirties. But um, check out check out Elac's crib, though. How cool is that place? Really? <laughs> yeah. It, is it that they're not firing it, at all cylinders, or what's going on? For those of you listening, Elac's computer is in a room where he has a baby crib behind him. <laughs> so literally, it is Elac's crib. It's Elac's crib. Uh, the and Nick, our one viewer, can see it. There it is. <laughs> no, I think uh, I, if I knew what it was, I think everybody would know what it was. I think it's a lack of opportunities being taken. Well, talk, you were tweeting something today about there was one of the players that you felt that they – I'm going to get the name wrong, so I'm not even going to attempt it. But they had signed a player – and they were going to send him down to, to uh, a lower league, and you were making a comment of not sending that player down and giving him more time. Well, I mean, there are a couple of them. Uh, Tyler Polak is a left back who is um, – he scored a goal in a preseason game with the Rochester Rhinos this past weekend. It was against Syracuse, so you expect – you know, the guy's uh, basically an all-star college team to make that. Um, hey, there he is. There we go. So now I don't have to wait for the delay. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, well, cool. So, yeah, so Tyler Polak 
second-year generation Adidas player for the Revs is now with Rochester Rhinos uh, on that part of that loan deal. But they also, on a more offensive side, they went out and they, they signed uh, or they drafted this kid, Luke Spencer, who went down with an injury in, in during preseason. And they went out and they drafted the nationwide leading goal scorer in all Division One college in Chris Thomas. Um, who played for Elon College and uh, Elon University, whatever. And uh, he's nowhere. I think he, he was with the team for about three or four days, and we haven't heard from him since. And you look at that Revolution bench, they signed a kid named Matt Horth, who was lighting it up in uh, Atlanta for the Silverbacks last year, and they signed him to be that kind of utility Blake Bretschneider replacement and he's not there either. They signed. So they sent him off to Rochester. And uh, you're looking at that bench on Saturday night. You need a goal. There's nobody you can turn to except Chad Barrett. And I don't know why they didn't put him in the game. If you're going to try and win the game, you're not going to put in Chris Tierney uh, as a defensive sub, or you, uh, you take out Diego Fagunda as your best, who's been your best player all night. And you uh, you put in Andy Dorman. Andy Dorman's a great player, but if you're gonna you're gonna put in Andy Dorman, you take out Clyde Sims. I mean, you don't substitute your offense for the sake of bringing on these guys. I don't know. It's still early. It's still really early in the season. I just wish Jay Heaps had a better idea of what his lineup was all about. I was gonna say, do you think the players aren't responding to Jay Heaps this early into the second season, or do you think they're still just trying to figure out what's going on? I think Jay Heaps is still trying to figure out what's going on. I think it's Jay Heaps who's trying to figure out what's going on. Um, he's asking these guys to do different things and play different roles and step up in different spots. I just don't think there's a, uh, a real kind of stable feel yet to the club. And uh, I think they need to find it pretty quick. Otherwise, the season's going to get away from them. Which is kind of what we were expecting from John and, and Chivas. Yeah. yeah, and I'm not trying to make a joke. I'm just saying that's the, that's no, that the first irony. game. That first game, you look at that and you say, like, "Jesus, what the heck? Here goes, you know, experiment over." And, yeah. uh, and then whammo, you guys are on a roll, which is great. It's a great way to start yeah. the season. And how frustrating! I'm not saying this in terms of uh, of watching the game, but in your evaluation of the team, how frustrating is it to watch a team like FC Dallas bring a guy like Blas Perez on with 30 minutes left in the game and score the winner, and see that you have limited striking resources on your bench. It's terrible. I mean, it's exactly what lost. I'm talking about. We did lose, and we, we deserve to lose. I, I think, uh, you know, if we're not going to take advantage of the situation as it is, and, and, you know, we need to have our guys like Lee Wynn and Kellen Rowe and Diego Fugundes, they need to be taking shots, and they're not. You can't let Jerry Benson do it all. And I'm wondering if it's even a, even a holdover back to when Steve Nichol was the coach and when Jay Heaps played under him. Um, you know, with, when you have a solitary striker, you really need to have width out there. And the two guys you put out wide, Diego Fagundes and Lee Wynn, they both like to cut inside. They're not necessar necessarily wide players. They can play out wide if the ball's out there, but they're not going to take the ball out wide. They're going to cut in the middle every chance they can. So I don't know. And then you got Juan Toa, he's great, but he's another central player. You got Andy Dorman, he's great, he's another central player. Kellen Rowe, he's great, he's another central player. 
<laughs> there's no width. You got one striker, one forward. It's just not going to work. And so I, I don't know. They need to shake it up. Um, it's, although it's, the idea of shaking it up this early, I think they should be looking for some stability. Um, they definitely need to change the lineup, though. Well, let's give some credit to Matt Reese, though. The team has only, have, only allowed two goals so far this year. And Matt Reese hasn't allowed either of them. And they, But they've only scored one goal yes. this year. Yeah, well, it's Matt didn't play, as uh, as you probably know, it was Bobby Shuttleworth. And uh, he hasn't played badly either. It's just, you know, that was a, um, a really great goal by Perez. He got, got it right in the corner. Um, and, you know... I, well, and Perez I actually, had a great and had Perez had a great shot probably ten minutes earlier that Lee went and uh, cleared off the line in that yep. exact same spot. Yep. Well, this one wasn't really a set piece either, so Lee Wynn wasn't standing on the goal line this time. But uh, the other, you know, the other part of that whole scenario is uh, our defense has been really great. Uh, Jose Gonzalez, who you know some people were blaming for that goal. I mean, I, he worked his ass off all game, and. Uh, he got caught out a little bit because other players were out of position. And he still was able to kind of get his body onto Perez, but Perez just got to the ball first. So what do they do on their off week? I know John's team has uh, has two friendly scheduled. Yeah, we, yeah. We, have a, we have a fashion show Wednesday night. That sounds about right, since all you yeah. guys do is stand around anyway. That's right. we got a fashion show Wednesday night. It's actually going to some charity. Um which is cool, but at the same time, you know, it's great. Got a fashion show. I got better things to do on Wednesday night, like talking uh, Midnight Ride podcast. Uh, Hank is talking more about the Revs right now than any, any MLS press members have all season, as I've just received. <laughs> so, totally true. Okay, what do you guys think? Is Seattle just dumping everything into CCL, or are they just lost without Montero? I mean, 3 and one start. It's a tough start. I mean... I don't know what's going on there. Their defense is terrible. I was watching the highlights of that game, and, and their defense just standing around with their thumbs up their collective butts. Yeah, and, and, a lot uh, of ball watching. Not good. You can't have that. And and I think it's uh that's where their problem is. And, and you know the likes of bringing in Shari Joseph there to anchor that team is not going to work. And not in defense. He's a, he's as big as ball washer as anybody. Um, he uh, does. He, you know, he doesn't have the step that he used to have to to be that aggressive player. Um, He's got great hair, though. He does. Really nice hair. He can be a scary, dude. Yeah. But no. It, but if you're just standing around like a you know plank of wood. But but what 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 have they lost besides Freddie Montero? They lost Jeff Park. Yep. As I'm you know, getting notes here in the chat room. I'm not sure who else. I mean, they've. They've got some other things they've got to work on for sure, but um, you know it's a great goal by Brad Evans. Uh, he was kind of at fault for that. Was there a penalty? Yeah, yeah. So um, I don't know. It's kind of tough all around for them. I think they'll get it together eventually. But and they've only scored two goals and they've given up five. That's the issue, really, for them. They need to be scoring up more. Mauro Rosales has been absent for the most part, although he did have a fairly good game from all reports on. Uh, on Saturday, um, how bad was it that there was no 
soccer on Sunday this week. It was horrible. It was really. I was really bummed. But yeah, I mean, let's let's just look at the Western Conference for a second. FC Dallas on. I don't top. want to look at the West. Chivas in second. Seattle in last. Whoever would have seen that coming? Hey, you know, come on, man. It's, the season's young. I, 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 know, I, think, I believe me. I, I'm I'm the biggest proponent of it's a long season, and no, a lot's going to happen. I, if, every but week, who, every week would last season, have we ever had Mark. Thought this. We had Whoever Mark every week last season saying it's early, it's early, it's early. Get off the ledge. Don't worry about it, Galaxy fans. It's early. I mean, even like the twentieth and the late twenties in those weeks, he's like, it's early. There's plenty of time. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And you can look back to last year when New England they lost their first game and then had a really great run for the first few games. Everybody was talking how great they were, and then they had hit the summer months and whammo back to the same yeah. New England. So. Um, I think people will figure out teams like Shivas and the the three five two is is effective up to a point. But there are ways to break that down, and and they'll be able to people will be able to exploit that. Right. Yeah. But all I'm saying is, beginning of the season, considering some of the turmoil some teams had in the off season, a lot of the outright just overhauling some teams did. Who would have imagined this was the end result? At this point in this season, yes, the, the table would be what it is in the Western Conference. It's just it's, it's a great thing. I think it's great for the league, and I'm anxious to see how it all pans out because it's going to be a fun year. I think. Yeah, I I agree, man. And going back to Seattle, I think uh, Seattle's got they got a lot of confidence after beating Tigres, and I, I think they're putting it all in that CCL basket, if you will. But uh, hey, man, I got I got to get going. But honor to pleasure. Hey, take Mark, off. Brian. Hey, man. Hey, John, thank you very much. Keep the man. faith, brother. You're doing, our, you're doing us right. <laughs> thank check you. Out, you can check out Yo, Eli hey. on the uh, What the Flock podcast. <laughs> I think you just gave him the finger, Hank. Hey, hey, hey. This is, whoa, whoa. This is the ancient sign of goat placenta right here. Whoa. <laughs> do it right. Do it right. Hey, John, you're a good man. It's Eli, everybody. What the Flock podcast. We'll put a link up when we post the show. Thank you, guys. Thanks for Thanks joining us. Thanks a lot, John. Take care, brother. I love Eli. He's a funny guy. Dude, that was great. He's awesome. He is awesome. Hey, who had Montreal on the top of the East? Anybody? Uh, not no me. One. Anybody? No one. Not me. But, you know, they uh, they kind of looked vulnerable on Saturday, I thought. They did. Uh, they really did. Yeah, they uh, – and it, maybe Finally. It's just, maybe it's just Kansas City getting their act together and uh, – you know, but they were able to kind of specifically Kansas City was able to thread the ball through the the defense of Montreal, which I've always thought was a little suspect. Um, and now that they don't have Nesta there, it's even worse. So it's going to be tight. It's going to be tight. I mean, we just talked about teams being exposed and being early in the season and things kind of starting to settle. You think that's getting ready to happen with Montreal? Yeah, well, they definitely need to lock down that that middle. If you look at both of those goals, um, that that Kansas City scored, where uh, Failhaber had the ball and just slid the ball right through the middle, nobody on him. It wasn't a really outstanding pass. It was just a well weighted pass right through the middle, where there should have been a defender, and there wasn't. Um, and uh, you know, good teams won't let Benny make those passes. Uh, and you know Benny gets an outstanding week on fantasy because of it, <laughs> right? But yeah, not not the you know overall uh, 
super flashy game, but very tidy and very. Uh, and, and Graham Zusi had a great game. I thought overall he had some good chances that he just missed on, and and uh, he also set up a couple that should have been uh, converted by Bieler. Uh, Bieler scored the first one, but he had a couple of other chances there too. Uh, I don't know. I think they're going to come back. Uh, Kansas City's obviously finding their rhythm, and Montreal, yeah, maybe is coming back down to earth a little bit. Uh, you guys want to talk about the uh, U.S. game last week at all? It was pretty sweet. I mean, you know, from I was I was stuck at work and get to see a lot of it, uh, but what I did see was just some good defending yeah. and, a, and a lot of luck. And oh, there was two penalties that should have been a, a penalty that should have been given against us, definitely. Yes. Yeah, I mean, at a least lot of one. Luck. How so, the hell? How the hell do we get a call like that in the Azteca from Concacaf referees? Is beyond me. I don't know how that happens. Right. Thank God it did, man. It's about it's time. crazy. So, uh, did anybody find the picture of Jorgen Klinsmann just with double guns both? Yeah, after that game, I mean. <laughs> Is that the kind of reaction you think that he can get now? It's kind of like you know that the meme that always goes around any sort of playoff time. That you know, it's the an athlete is the, uh, dressed as the the what is it the the most handsome the handsomest man in the world, Dosecki's guy, and just says chill the f out. I got this. Yeah, uh, I mean his last two results at Azteca have been win and tie, and a tie oh, yeah. when it mattered. I mean it was a big tie. But they've yeah, only so. scored. But they've only scored one goal in both uh, of those games. Let's go back. A total of those games. Let's go back to Honduras. Well, you guys saw this, right? I can't see that. Yes. What is it? Uh, you got to give us some sound. You got it's it, it's it's uh, Chicharito hugging the post with, oh. with with the captain. Why why is Omar so good? <laughs> That's because he's uh, half Mexican. But but let's go back to the Honduras game where you know it was all doom and gloom after that because you know we expected to get a draw in Honduras and then all of a sudden you're looking at Costa Rica at home and must win game at home and then um, you know we had basically what you know wrote off the game in Azteca everybody had written it off saying that we weren't going to get a point there but if you go back to before the hex even started we wanted to get four points out of the first three games. And we and, did. And we're good. And you did. And you go back to last year um, in the pre-qualifying, pre-hex qualifying, and uh, you know it didn't start off great, but the U.S. finished at the top of the group with the most points. You know they kind of backed their way into it, but they did it. And so, and you look at the other wins where Klinsman's had. Um, you know, he's won and now he's won at Azteca. He's won in Italy. He's winning all over these random games. Yeah, some of them don't mean anything. But at the same time, he's getting the results in a weird kind of way. And we're just not used to getting them that way, I think. And it's a, it's kind of a head-scratcher type of situation, especially when he calls up the lineups that he calls up. And you go, what the hell? Why is he doing this? And why is he starting Maurice to do? And uh, it worked. And all eleven star and all eleven starters last week a product of MLS. Yes. Yep. Now, uh, now, uh, hey, I want your opinion on this. Brian and I talked about it off air through text message. Um, what was your opinion of the Strauss article? As far as was it necessary? Was it timely? Was it a look at me, look at me publicity grab? Was it? I mean, 
When you say look at me, look at me, you mean from the player's perspective? No, was, from, from, from Strauss. Strauss? Strauss. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I think, uh, you know, if, if he's talking to players and the players are saying these things, um, I think he's got to publish it. I, I think it's a well, I think it's well-timed for sure, but it's, uh, you know, it was, I think a very, um, important article to write because yeah, it, it called out some things, whatever, but that might've had the galvanizing effect that this team needed. You know what I mean? Um, and you can't fault a guy for writing a story about things like that because that's his job. Well, it's also not like they didn't know he was a he was a journalist. Yeah, it's not like he was right. sneaking in there. Hey, I'm a fan. I'm right. I have the uh, What the Flock podcast, and I want to know everything about it. But um, it's yeah, I think it, I think it was a great great piece, well timed. Um, interesting though that uh, you know Michael Bradley was the guy that kind of stepped up at the there and, and called out everybody else for being you know anonymous crybabies. Um, and calling it shameful and embarrassing or whatever. Uh, I thought that was fairly telling, and I didn't think necessarily that, um, uh, you know, Clint Dempsey maybe not should have been the captain, but did that make sense? Yeah. Uh, so I thought Michael Bradley was going to be that guy, but uh, and he definitely showed that leadership there coming out of the locker room and saying, hey, this is our team, we're going to deal with it internally, etc. We're not going to be another France. You right. know, we're not going to have that, that drama. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it was clear that there's some hard feelings there. And uh, it was interesting in light of that article that there were 11 American MLS players. No, The only Germanic in there uh, was Jermaine, G well, and he wasn't even there. No, he, he was, was already gone. out. He was already gone. So, um, yeah, there you go. And uh, Brian Strauss got fired last week. Yeah, but everybody did. Yeah, everybody did. It was, it was a cold. It wasn't blood. just Strauss. It was uh, they dropped. Apparently, AOL fan ho fan house AOL fan yeah. house had a deal with Sporting News, and Sporting News just basically when they merged with them, they said, "Okay, yeah, we're going to keep you guys for a while." And then they, I think it was always the plan to get rid of that that whole group. But uh, if I was, say, a company like BN Sport or um, another burgeoning news outlet that is trying to get their way into soccer, I would go, you know, call Mr. Brian Strauss for sure. It was a well-written article, and he knows the stuff. He's got the inroads now. So, yeah. Um, he could be the Jim Gray of American soccer. <laughs> Last week, I made I made some very derogatory comments about uh, Unamas and the um, twenty four hundred baud like stream that I found. <laughs> I would like to since uh, amend those comments to say that my local Unamas station, I did find an HD. I was able to watch the uh, Chivas Chicago game. Last week, it was two weeks ago. I made the, the bad remarks, uh, and then I was able to catch through the uh, MLS app uh, part of the uh, Toronto Galaxy game. We're gonna get to you with that in just a second, Mark. It's my segue right now, and okay. I have to say I was watching it on my on my uh, my iPad here, and I had it streamed to my Apple TV 
HD quality, beautiful. I applaud it. But what I really applaud was a nice little butt-saving bicycle kick. By the kid, man. The kid. A late sub. Fantasy pick. Save my butt. Yep. So as I'm, I'm going to throw this out. I'm going to, and I'm going to, I want to get your thoughts on the game, Mark. Uh, Mark and uh, Hank and I, and Chris and I. Chris is without internet tonight. Sarah on assignment. Um, we're sending texts back and forth like, "Oh, Mike McGee scored. Oh, Earnshaw scored." And Hank responds, uh, "McGee is my captain, and Earnshaw is my vice captain." And then Villarreal scores, and I immediately get a text that says, "Had him too." <laughs> nice. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. It's good. Of course, I did get rid of Zussi and Beeler the week before, and uh, but what are you gonna do? So, yeah. Mark, your your team is sitting in third in the Western Conference. You neglected to mention that when you were giving high praise to uh, to the to FC Dallas and to Chivas, and I thank you for that. Um, go. Uh, there's not much to go. I mean, we had two games that we won, uh, two games that we've drawn, and they've all been pretty lackluster. Uh, I think. You know, the team was learning to gel without Landon and learning to find that dynamic play. Robbie Keane is a great forward. He's, a, he, he's great at what he does, but he's not really dynamic. He doesn't have the burst. He doesn't have he, – he's not someone that anyone's going to be afraid to take on. They have to find a better way to work the ball to the forwards up top is my take on it. And they're still learning that. Uh, you know, it's it's been – uh, uh, to this point, not very flashy, but we haven't lost yet. I can't complain. Uh, when we tied Chivas uh, a couple weeks ago, previous to the game, I tweeted out, hey, I don't really care what happens on Sunday. I care about CCL. That's, what, that's what's important to me. That's what I want. Right. And so you know, we'll see on Wednesday night what happens, see how far we go, and uh, we'll see how it goes. I'm hoping Robbie Keane will be back because as undynamic as he is, he's still someone who can be a playmaker and set other people up. And if he and Landon are in together, Landon can clear some space and he can be that scorer. So hopefully that works out. I don't know. Uh, McGee well, Robbie, is on fire. You know, he know. is on fire. Robbie Keane is also a guy that's going to take two defenders off of you every time. Exactly. You know, so. Like he's 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 not fast, but he's dangerous. It's amazing. I mean, he's almost slower in real life than he is in FIFA, which to me is just staggering. Because I didn't think anybody could be as slow as he is in FIFA. It, it's it's amazing. Um, so FIFA gives him a couple of extra steps. You're saying <laughs> yes. Nice. But you know, uh, Jake, Jose Villarreal, man, what? I mean, that kid twice now has saved our bacon, and it's That's just a beautiful been goal. Amazing goal of the week. Hey, I've noticed yeah. the, the Bruce has been playing more of the younger kids, the Jack McBeans, the Villarreal's. You know, I think he's at that point where he's realizing that's where our bread and butter is going to be over the next five years. I mean, McBean, Villarreal, I, I, you know, uh, Giassi Zardes, uh, 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 Charlie Rugg, Greg Cochran. We've got some great rookies this year. Uh, McBean and Villarreal, you know, this is McBean's third year at the club, Villarreal's second full year at the club uh, outside of the academy. Uh, there's room to grow. And I, I, I wrote a small piece about the U.S. men's national team, and I mentioned that, you know, is this 
a generation gap? Is it a generation flux? The team is changing. We got to bring in some new blood, and that is exactly where the galaxy is right now. As we see with Landon Donovan, he's getting close to being to want to want to be done. I think you know, and that's okay. Robbie Keane, as great as he is, he's only got a couple of years left. Uh, you know, Mike McGee's good for a few more years, but we got to start bringing up that next generation to fill the gap and start now, man. And you know, for the first time since he's been here, the Bruce has stepped up and played the kids. I'm happy as hell about it. You all right there, Snaggletooth? Sorry. I'm kidding. I, as soon as you yawned, the camera switched to you. That was I know. And I muted too. I'm sorry. That's great video. <laughs> oh, here it comes. I apologize. I'm watching it online right now. There it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I can't com- – I you know, we're, f- we're what? We're four games in, man. We're, we're uh, 2-0-2. I can't complain. We got eight points. We got, yeah, eight points. I, I read a rumor that uh, Andre Arshavin might be your third DP. I saw that, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just don't know. I, Always I've, good to shave a little Lars, that's what I say. Yeah, I've uh, given up trying to figure out what's going to happen, who's going to do what, who's going to be where, who's going to come in. It's a crapshoot, and until it happens, I'm tired of speculating. I just want to see what we have on the field right now, see what they can do, and make it happen, man. That's, uh, you know, the Galaxy is going to fight, so hopefully they can figure it out. Fair enough. And this week, uh, Wednesday night, CCR. Yeah, was, man, was I bummed. I, okay, I went out of my way, and I actually like paid attention to my fantasy team this week, right? And I acquired McGee. Nice. And I went out and acquired Donovan. So I knew he was going to play. I just knew he was going to play. How 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 bad do you think I shat myself when McGee slots that pass into Landon? I'm thinking, oh, uh, I've got it here. Yes. Wonderful. And then the ball just gets stuck under his foot, man. And Landon just oh. with a, with a nice little pass back. Heartbreak. Yeah, let's uh, let's move to our fantasy section here and talk about Mark's I'm, FC touch by an uncle. I'm still in last place. No, you're not. Ballard joined last week, so you're out of last place. Yeah, I, I, I'm in last <laughs> place because someone else joined after me. Yay. Yeah. Um, I'm in last place. You got nothing from Landon and Donovan. You started Adam John and Chris Wondolowski up top. Against for San Jose and against Houston, you thought it might be good for something. You got two points each out of them. Uh, Omar only bringing you three points on that back line, taking a goose egg from Connor Laid. Yeah, was injured. I, I I I played what I had. I can only make so many trades, so many transfers. I've got to look at it again for this week. You know, we'll see. And your I wild suck. card, your wild card is available. Yeah, I don't know. I want to use a wild card. You got a wild. I'm I'm, I'm just pissed. You I get can't two have more galaxy players. You get two wild cards, you know. You get another one in July. So I, I want Donovan, I want Omar, I want McGee, and I want Villarreal. I would switch out Donovan for Villarreal for right now. Yeah, I don't know how long Villarreal is going to be that guy. I mean, he came in as a sub this week, right? Yeah. So for six that's points, the thing. Yeah. For six points was great. So he's your guy that, you know, you want. The thing about fantasy is you want guys that are going to be playing 90 minutes most of the time. Right. Yeah. And, and, but uh, see, here, here's, my, here's my thing with Donovan. He now has a desire to get back into the national team, which is going to happen no matter what. It's going to happen. He's, he's going to play this summer. No problem. But he's going, to do, he's going to play his ass off to try and make people see that he's earned it. He's going to get it no matter what. Let's be honest. He's going to get it. But he wants to make sure that he's earned it. So that's why I acquired him. 
I, uh, I think Hank, it's going to catch on fire here soon. The Boston Barcodes this week, while having uh, Mike McGee and Jose Villarreal and Robert Earnshaw in your lineup, put up 59 points. Very nice. Thank you. Average was 46. You had Troy Perkins in the back, Matt Hedges. Yes. Uh, Jeb Brofsky, a guy we've been talking up the last two weeks, only putting two points there in the back line this week. Yeah, my back line didn't do too well for me this week. Um, you know, Matt Hedges, good stuff there. Obviously, I also had uh, Andrew Farrell, so um, Andley win on, on my side. So, you know, didn't didn't get the uh, results I needed out of those two. But Villarreal, um, McGee. McGee got you 16 because he was your yeah. captain, so his points doubled. Uh Leaning on that Chivas after that uh, Chicago result, having Mejia in the midfield, only getting four, and then Aguadelo two up front before he got injured. Right. Uh, you did not start Dan Kennedy on your bench. Um, but then you look at your bench, you've got Federico Higuain and Josh Williams. You've got some good players on your bench. Right, and those two guys, uh, Higuain and, and Williams, obviously had a bye week last week, so they weren't going to play. Um Thinking ahead, though, it's like, yeah, I want those guys now so I can slot them in for this week. I do have, uh, because I didn't use my wild card last week, I actually have three free transfers this week. So, um, yeah, you, gonna, get three, you get three every week. So I thought you only got two. You only get two. I've had three every week. So well, You probably haven't used them all. No, I've been using them. <laughs> well, okay, so you're lucky. Um, and maybe there's something about how many teams are going on bye weeks, you get an extra one or something like that. Who knows? Yeah. There are a lot of teams having bye week. It's crazy. Five uh, teams this week. Yep. So yeah. So Farrell, um, Shivas, and uh, and New England and L.A. Seattle. And Seattle. Um, what's the other one? And Montreal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So those a, a lot of my team is is out. You know, I, I picked up. Perkins and Brovsky, they're both out this week. McGee, Villarreal, both out this week. Both of your goalkeepers. Wynn and Farrell. Uh, yeah, both of my goalkeepers are out. So I've got to make a change there somewhere. Um, uh, any recommendations for a goalkeeper? Well, let's talk about that right now. Um, I could go back with Bill Hamid, who's DC United playing. First of all, let me just uh, let's give a quick uh, stats rundown. Mayor McCheese and Mazel Bugged of United still leading the league at 302. Um, ninth place, Hank in ninth place, Boston Barcodes yeah. at 264. So it's a 38 point gap between first and ninth. Uh, I did take it's a big hit. Still I did early. take a big hit in fantasy points uh, with, um, I had a minus, I had to go negative a few weeks ago, and uh, it was huge. So. So Hank is looking hit. for a fill-in goalkeeper this week. Now, let's think about this. Is it something that you feel like taking the go ahead and taking the goose egg for? What do you mean by goose egg? Well, I'm just saying, don't maybe you don't start a goalie this week. Mm. Uh, you look at a guy I like you have to have a goalie, don't you? You can, but I mean, just somebody that's on a buy. That, that's like true. Mark, you know, Mark played Chris. Good guy that's off. Uh, I'd have a choice. I know, but you could look at um, Raul Fernandez in Dallas. He's a he's a five and a half million dollar player. He's got twenty three points. Um, you know Perkins is, Perkins has thirty. Bill Hamid has thirty. Jimmy Nielsen has twenty seven. But he's a six million dollar player. You've got Dan Kennedy, uh, Tally Hall, five point nine million dollar player with twenty three points. Uh, if you're looking with you know somebody on the cheap. 
Um, I cannot recommend Sean Johnson. You know, and I would any other week, I would say you know look at a guy like Clint Irwin, right? He's getting the starts. He hasn't been playing that badly. Yeah. Um, he's not getting the clean sheets yet, but uh, yeah, for Colorado coming in at four dot one, and he's going to be there for a while. That's a cheap pickup. Um, and but the you know they're playing Real Salt Lake. Feels like they just played them. Did they just play them? Yeah. No. I think they. Who did Colorado play last week? Oh, they played Portland. Yeah. Yeah. So all right. Yeah, I've got the. I've got the. Got the. And uh, they're playing the Timbers this weekend. And right. DC and DC United has Sporting. Uh, FC Dallas has Toronto. Um, so, I, I don't know. Colorado versus Salt Lake at home. I mean, uh, at the Sporting Good, Dick Sporting Good. Mm-hmm. That's tough. I don't know if I want to go with Clint or win in that one. Um, uh, you know what? If I'm going to make a recommendation for a one-week fill-in, I'm going to recommend that you go with um, Luis Robles in New York. Oh, uh, because they're playing Chicago. Yep. Yeah. He's a five and a half million dollar player. He's got twenty one points. Um, that's and Chicago sucks. So yeah, I mean you can. Yeah. Chicago at home though, you know, it's tough. I'd rather go with somebody like Jimmy Nielsen to be honest, and just for one week. Um, and uh, you know, because I got a little bank, I can I can use to make up the difference. And playing playing DC United at home, that's that could be tight. But so there's the thought. Uh, let's look at the backline defenders week. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend I'm gonna give a strong recommendation to all FC Dallas defenders. Uh, three out of your top four defenders are uh, Michelle with uh, 34 points, Matt Hedges at 33, Aurelian Collins second place with 33, George John right there with 32. Uh, Colin, interestingly enough, the most expensive out of those three players. Dallas defenders are five two for Michelle, five two for Hedges. Five seven for George John with Michelle and Hedges on your overall dream team. Yep, and Aurelian Collin at six dot one, but that's just because he's carried over from last year and uh, he's he still has the big price tag and everybody's specking him up. He's still a great defender. Uh, it's the demand, it's the demand that's getting him. I think it, eventually, you know, as the season goes on, you'll see these other guys start to pick up if they continue their form. Let's look in the midfield. Uh, Dax McCarty picking up a goal this week, huh? Yeah, that was t- kind of random, though. I mean, that how how lucky was that goal? He got his foot on it and went in. I mean, that's so, hey, just, it, it counts. It does. What do you call the guy that graduates last in law school? A lawyer. There you go. Uh, midfielders paced by Graham Zuzzi with forty points, Mike McGee with thirty nine, and then it drops down to David Ferreira at thirty. Um, so we're kind of starting to see some separation with uh, Zuzi and McGee. I've got McGee on my team. I've had him since week two. Um, he's an $8.7 million player. Um, you, you look at a guy like uh, Edgar Mejia we talked about earlier. 29 points at 7.1. Um, Benny Failhaber is now going to... I think he's going to see some some buys from people because he had that 13-point weekend, basically doubled his score. Uh, I think somebody's gonna. People are gonna jump on that. Yep. Um, Akugo is still a great deal there, though. That was exactly where I was looking. Twenty-two points at six point two. Recommend Akugo. 
this week, uh, yeah, I was going to say this week's recommendations are going to be a Kugo. And keep an eye on, um, oh, son of a gun. Keep an eye on Davey Arno. Davey Arno. Just to see, he's got 24 points. He's a $7.4 million player. Interesting he's to got- see. Interesting to see what they do. Somebody's got to pick up the slack there. He's got the week off. Um, so he'll be flat this week, but yeah, next see week. if anybody's paying attention. Uh, there you go. <laughs> um, Eric Avila. We, we talked about him earlier yep. with uh, with Elac. He's a, he's a real cheap buy, 6.4. Um, and 18 points. He's going to be a, a very important player for Chivas. Also, uh, also off this week. That's true. Just wondering if anybody's paying attention. Let's uh, let's now jump up to top. Uh, I was going to dump Ryan Johnson this week. I was ready to, to get rid of him. He came through with six points for me. I'll hold on to him for another week. I did drop uh, Fabian Espindola, by the way. Uh, yeah, I did too. For Will Bruin, and I also picked up Robert Earnshaw this week. Didn't I tell you about Will Bruin? I think I recommended Will Bruin. You did. I think I did. Um, he's a uh, Earnshaw. Jeez, the guy just keeps doing it. I like that. What a great move for Toronto that was. And uh, you know, you bring in a guy that's played in England as your manager for the and recently able to talk into a couple guys to coming over and play for you. You gotta like that. You gotta like that. Um, so that seems to be a, a good move um, for Toronto FC. Hopefully they can you know start generating some uh, meaningful results, you know some wins. And Earnshaw's you know he's an eight point one player. He's got twenty eight points. Uh, yeah, then you look at Saborio. He's got twenty points. He's a ten point one. Wondolowski all the way down at sixteen points. He's a ten point five. Yeah, look at the drop off on the forwards in terms of total points. Right, you got twenty eight and twenty six. You've got. And, yeah, I was going to say Graham, you know, Graham Susie's leading the leading the pack with forty. And then your top forward is only twenty eight. Yeah, it's crazy. And there's and there's only there's only five there's only five forwards that have twenty points or more. It's yeah, and like we said, it's still early in the season, but the drop off between first and fifth is is on, is eight points right off the bat. And then uh, and then you're looking you're already down and you know Deshaun Brown in the seventh spot at eighteen. 17, 17, 16, 16, blah, blah, blah. so yeah, it's right. not a good time to, to be a forward right now. Um, still hit or miss, so you got you got to take the uh, take the hit, I think, and go for the proven commodities, the guys that are doing it early, um, and uh, guys like Robert Earnshaw, Higuain, um, the Mike McGee's, the uh, yeah, the Aurelian Collins. You look for, and that's but those are all midfield guys, and and those guys that score goals consistently, that's where you need to get your points from because the forwards just aren't getting it done right now. Right. But eventually, guys like Kenny Cooper will step up, Wondolowski will step up, Thierry Henry will step up. They'll get their goals in the end. But right now, it's just taking them a while. So so what we're recommending is if you, if you want to sink, you know, if you want to find a place where to put a big chunk of your money, it's certainly going to be those midfielders right now. Yep. Uh, so both of your teams are off this week. Indeed. My team has, uh, they're at Toronto, which should be interesting. Um, let's just do a quick, I'm going to give you the game. You pick a winner. 
Sporting. Sporting hosting DC United. Sporting. I'm going to go with Sporting in a 2-1 win. I'm going to go with Sporting and Benny Fellhaber uh, gets an assist. <laughs> Toronto FC hosting FC Dallas. Dallas. Toronto. Toronto at home. Columbus hosting Philadelphia. Columbus. Oh, God. I'm going to go with a draw. It's a draw. Wow. Philadelphia is better than people think. Colorado hosting Salt Lake. Salt Lake. Salt Lake's struggling. They're really struggling right now uh, to find goals. Um, But, yeah, they they might come through this week. I think Drew Moore is still suspended, so I'm going to go with Salt Lake. There you go. Portland hosting Houston. Houston. Dynamo. Hi, Houston. Sorry, Nick. I know, no, we just so- went to zero viewers. Oh, sorry, uh, Nick. Portland, I think, is just they haven't found it yet. They haven't found their, their winning form yet. Um, granted, they're at home. But that's going to be big up for them. Maybe it's a draw. Let me let me, uh, let me me throw in Nick's comment here really quick because he was kind enough to, to send it to me. Uh, he says, while I'm frustrated by the lack of a win this week, he's admiring the spirit of the team in the first two seasons. They would have never seen this club come back after being down multiple goals, but it's starting to happen. The team does need to stop with the slow starts in the first half. They can't keep waiting until the second half to come alive or trying to get out of a hole to tie it up. Also, it's nice to see this team getting some results on the road. That's something that was sorely lacking in the last two seasons. Yeah, they got the draw in, in at Dick Sporting Good last week. So, uh, San Jose hosting Vancouver. San Jose is hosting Vancouver. I'm going to go with San Jose, Chris Wondolowski, in a 1 0 win. I'm going to go with a draw. I like Vancouver's defense. I think I'm going to have to go with uh, Wondolowski. Just get lucky in the end, man. Be in the right place, right time. And then we all agree Chicago hosting New York, New York win? I think so. I mean, Chicago just doesn't have any offense, but New York yeah. hasn't. New York hasn't been firing on all cylinders either, so that could end up in a zero-zero snorefest. I don't know. Although Easter Island did have a goal the other day, so that was good. That was good. To see. You know what? He's the he is the most fouled player in the league right now. Yeah. Wah. And I like him, man. He's a good guy. I feel bad calling him names, but it's just so fitting. I can't but you do it, it anyway. Uh, I just can't help it. I'm that guy. We we always like to we always like to wrap up our. Our show with uh, good and bad. It can either be from last week or the coming week. Give us your good. Give us your bad. Hank, you're on the spot. Uh, the good. Uh, New England has a bye this week. <laughs> the bad is, uh, I, you know, I always go back to the, the, the thing that gets me the most. The bad is uh, substitutions made by New England. and Or actually the team, team selection. The 18 was not sufficient to win that game. Mr. Villa. The good CCL game Wednesday night, baby. That's what yeah, I'm looking baby. at. Nice. Uh, the bad Chivas is ahead of us in the standings. Oh, that is bad. Uh, the good. I'm gonna go with our with our friend Mr. Elak. Uh, happy for him to see his team. Uh, he supports those guys. Yes, Hello, he does. Water. So I, yes, that's he does. my good. Um, I'm also going to give props to uh, to the U.S. play in, in uh, Mexico last week. Uh, the bad, I'm going to have to go with the uh, Chicago Fire, and quite frankly, I don't think 
in San Jose. I don't think they're there yet. Oh, you know another bad, another bad that I have. Yeah, go. Towards four. Your your team getting sued. By which player? I mean, by what happening? <laughs> Was it Daniel Hernandez suing him for um, breach of contract? Yeah. Uh, here's what I know, and I can share this because it's been published. It's not inside information. Daniel Hernandez was signed to a player-coach contract last year um, under the auspices of it would be a smaller cap hit because he's being counted as a, a coach as well. Um, and they were really kind of looking to not force Get. him to retire, but tell him, look, we're giving you one more year. Right. Um, played last year uh, probably about 80% through the season. Uh, started hit a rough patch with Coach Shell Heinemann. Um, and a guy that he played for at SMU, things kind of started to go a little pear shaped. Uh, he made some he made some tweets about not being appreciated, which were promptly removed. All this is all public record, public knowledge. Season ends. Uh, FC Dallas signs midfielder Daniel Lucen, thirty five year old player. Daniel Hernandez is thirty three. Uh, Lucen proceeded to he hadn't played competitively really in two years. Uh, tore his ACL in preseason. Uh, Daniel Hernandez was a coach. Daniel Hernandez lasted almost three weeks as a coach. It is now coming out that uh, he was, as a player, was sponsored by Nike, and uh, he wore Nike apparel into the office and was promptly told not to wear Nike apparel into the office because he was now a coach for a team that was sponsored by Adidas. Uh, Daniel Hernandez also had camps, free camps that he ran for kids that were in, endorsed twice by FC Dallas, also sponsored by Nike, and he was told that what he was doing was in conflict to his coaching and that the Nike logo was on his website, personal website, and that was not allowed and was in breach of contract. Wow. So there you go. As the stomach turns... So those are the tidbits that I that I have uh, that have been reported reported by Daniel Robertson with BigDSoccer.com. All right. Yeah. So yeah, that's a bad. That's ew. that's ew. bad. And that's it. So we'll see what happens next week. Uh, thank you again, everybody, for joining us live. And by that, I mean Nick, our one viewer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nick in Boston, Mark, uh, Mark in LA. Uh, also want to mention we have moved the audio portion of the podcast to Stitcher. So if you're listening, you to, this, if you're listening to this now, you, you uh, we've changed the link right on the front page of our website. You can get it through Stitcher. Uh, you can download the free Stitcher app to your iPhone or your Android, so that way you can listen to the show easy that way as well. Uh, do your plugs real quick, and let's get out of here. All right. Uh, Midnight Ride Podcast. Uh, every Wednesday night we record. Matty Jolly and I, um, who writes for TheBentMusket.com, just talking the revs, and uh, it's good stuff. Uh, no game this week, but there is still room for the trip to New York on Saturday, April 20th. If you go to MidnightRiders.com, it's the supporters group of the Midnight Riders, or AnyRebellion.org. You can buy a ticket to get on the bus. 45 bucks for a ticket and a bus ride. Down to New York City, watch the New York New England Revolution beat up on the New York Red Bulls. Brian, what are you doing on your desk? I keep notes. 
uh, show notes. So whenever I'm doing the description and also I'm reminding myself uh, to post the Daniel Hernandez story link on our website. Okay. It's making your microphone vibrate really badly. Just like point that out. Sorry. I know. Sorry. Go ahead, Mark. Uh, I see underscore Beaner lights on Twitter. You can also find me at the, uh, the final third, the final third blog on Twitter. Uh, my blog is thefinalthird.com. I have been sitting on, because of time constraints the last couple of weeks, an interview with Lexi Lawless. I will have that up uh, Wednesday night. I finally have it written. Just got to go over it and make sure it's good. I will have that up Wednesday night. Um, is, the yeah. final third, is the final third like just the tip? It's more than the tip. No, it, okay. for, me, for me, at least, it's like the tip in three inches. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but you know, for me. Well, it's all about proportions, right? Hey, you know. There's very few things in life I regret. <laughs> Pretty sure right now is one of those moments. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Totally kidding. Uh, you can check everything out at Top of the Table TV on Twitter, topofthetable.tv, where hopefully you are watching this show now, as we will be embedding everything there, uh, embedding these, these live Google Hangouts as we do, and we'll be embedding them there. Uh, and they'll be available uh, right on the site as soon as we are done. I don't have a whole heck of a lot. I know, like I said, Chris was gone this week. He was having internet issues. Uh, Sarah still does not have the internet. Uh, Sarah only has Wi-Fi whenever they sit on the very corner of their bed in their bedroom. <laughs> the Persian and they, room. And they still <laughs> Wi-Fi from a restaurant across the street called the Persian Room. Love it. So I think Pound Holbird might be now replaced by the Persian Room. Yes. yes, power to the Persian room. It's an old reference. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is it. Thank you again, everybody, for joining us. This has been Top of the Table on Google Plus Hangouts, topofthetable.tv. For uh, Hank and Boston, Mark in LA, I'm Brian Bentley. Thank you very much. Enjoy your soccer and CCL. Thanks, Woo-hoo. guys. See you next week. See you guys.